And that's how you do it is it's what you do in the off season. Cause here's the sad reality of it is when you show up and there's, you know, the double a coach, the, you know, the high a coach, the low a coach, all these guys are watching your bullpen. You have the farm director who is sitting behind the screen and you throw your first bullpen. They've made their decision. Yeah. You need to yep. come in ready to go. You don't have six months to show you belong. Yeah. You have about six pitches when it comes down yeah. to it. Hey, this is More Than Velocity. I'm Bart Pear here with uh, Ryan Croton and Jordan Oseguera. And today we are going to be talking about the exams uh, we do with armcare.com. Um, we get a lot of questions around why do we have different exams? What are they for? How long do they take? Um, and we just thought, you know what, let's just do a quick podcast. Let's run through them. All the questions you ever thought or didn't even think you needed to know about this stuff, we're going to hit today. So Jordan, we've got three basic exams that we do. Why don't you just take us 30,000 foot introductory level of what are these three exams and, and quickly what, why a coach would, would want to implement these with their players? Yeah. So the three basic exams we have is we have a fresh exam and a post exam, and those are going to generally be the same thing. Just one of them is done when you're fresh pre-throw and one of them is done post-throw. So we can evaluate really what's happening on that strength loss. So we can, we can determine, did we push you too hard? Did we not push you hard enough? Or do we have you right in that sweet spot of training? And then we have something called the arm primer. In the arm primer, we do that in a half kneeling uh, position in a disadvantaged spot with a straight lever. And we really want to know how the core is reacting and how all of our accelerator muscles and then all of our decelerator muscles. So we can quickly make an adjustment just on the fly for what we're going to be doing on a throwing program. So each one of them has a little different use. And just to, like Bart said, 30,000 foot view. Fresh exam is I want to know how fully recovered my athlete is on a day that I'm going to get them off the bump. Post exam, I want to know how taxing that event was off the mound. In arm primer, I need a quick 30 second view because I need to know whether I'm going to actually have this guy long toss or do a moderate toss day. Um, do you think I summed that up all right in a, in a quick two minute survey? Yeah, 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 that was pretty quick. So give me an idea, um, you know, typical high school team, when would their players be doing a fresh, uh, you know, each week? What does it look like on a weekly basis? Yeah. So, you know, right now I've been running it with a high school team, um, and it does look a little different than when I run it with, a, you know, a collegiate group or a minor leaguer or a big leaguer because the context is a lot different. Um, they're not playing as many games. Um, there may be a little more focus on training depending on the time of the year, but for right now, we'll say it's that kind of two week buildup into the season. Um, and what that's looking like right now, which is what most of those teams are going to be using it with is they're going to be testing that fresh exam. They're going to do a good team warm up. They're going to activate their bodies, run through the crossover hip and core. They're going to run through the arm, uh, the crossover symmetry, uh, upper body warm up as well for the shoulders. Then they're going to go straight into that fresh exam and that fresh exam is going to tell us how recovered the athlete is. They're either going to be at a positive number, a neutral number, or a negative number. If they're at a neutral number, it means they're right back to even. If it's at a positive number, it means that we're doing what we want. We've actually gained strength from our last fresh exam, which is the goal. And if they're in a negative number, it means they're still not recovered. So we actually need to adjust. Once we have that information, then we can go right into our throwing program prescription. Should take about 30 seconds to get that throwing program prescription after we do the test. And if we're doing the fresh exam, that one's going to be, if you're only doing the throwing arm, you're looking at about four minutes. If you're doing the throwing and the non-throwing arm, you're looking at about eight-ish minutes. 
And that's just kind of some rough estimates. Um, and as soon as we finish that, we go through our throwing program. We throw our bullpens, live BPs, whatever we have scheduled on the day. Then we can do our post exam. And that post exam is only going to look at the throwing arm, the dominant arm. So that's going to be really important, whether you're doing a bullpen, uh, a weighted ball session. Maybe, you know, for me, I like to use it even with my infielders and outfielders. If they did a heavy, you know, position specific throwing, if an outfielder threw seven, eight, nine, ten balls, you know, to home or, you know, cuts and relays, whatever it is, it's not just pitcher specific. So you can use that to really understand, did you push that outfielder too hard as well? And then maybe if that's scheduled for a lift after the day, maybe you need to actually lessen that upper body lift at that, if that post exam showing a little too much fatigue. Um, so anytime there's going to be high intensity throwing, which for me is throwing from the position for more than five throws, uh, throwing off the mound, throwing a weighted ball. Those are all high intensity. That's when we're doing that fresh and post exam, uh, for the arm primer. I use that every other day and I just have my guys, they have to do at least two arm primers a week and they have to do at least two fresh exams a week. I let them kind of pick the days they want to do it. Cause I want it to be player led. I don't want this taking time out of my day. And that's the way I structure it. So I leave the equipment out for them. They get it done and they just have to test on those consistent dates. The only thing I do mandate is my starting pitchers have to test on bullpen days. That's my only mandate. Fantastic. So let's, um, all right. And, and how would that be different for, let's say a minor leaguer? What are, what are they doing that's different there? Yeah. So you know, Ryan, jump in where you think I'm way off on this or anything like that. But a minor leaguer is under a lot different stresses because they're dealing with a lot of travel. They're dealing with, you know, crap, you know, eating habits, bad sleeping habits. Um, sometimes, you know, ideally in a perfect world, Ryan, you can tell me if I'm, if I'm right or wrong, but you want guys getting as much sleep as they can before midnight. That doesn't necessarily happen in a pro atmosphere. So for me, you can't, you're not going to test too often with a minor leaguer because there's so much outside your control. Even if you're in AAA, you're getting on a plane at four o'clock in the morning to go play a game that night because they're trying to save money on airfare. So everything's a red eye. You're not getting good sleep quality. Your nutrition's kind of all over the place. So for me, I like to test my relievers in a minor league setting at least every 48 to 72 hours, somewhere in that window. My starters, I don't think you're going to over test with an arm primer, especially. I still like to keep the fresh exam and the post exam at a minimum on any day you're touching the mound, but an arm primer, instead of doing that twice a week, it would be borderline every day because you want that information to see how your nervous system is responding as well as how your muscles are responding. So you can adjust your throwing volumes day to day. Yeah. I mean, on my end, I like to see our athletes test more often to be honest. And it's a window into their nervous system. And that's, you know, we can sense as an athlete, we can sense when we have a lot of metabolic fatigue or when we're getting burning in, in our uh, throwing arms or when we're doing, you know, arm care training, that's got a high amount of volume. We can sense that kind of thing, but our nervous system is something that is very difficult to understand. We have central nervous system fatigue, which is brain level fatigue. And then we have peripheral nervous system fatigue, which is our extremities. And we're testing kind of both, but we need to see that because the athlete might not really feel fatigued in their throwing arm, but then they go and do their strength and they know that they're neurologically fatigued. So for me, one of the things that I would be focused on, especially is our getting position players, um, 
evaluated on Mondays. Uh, and that can be for, you know, pro or amateur. Usually Sunday night, we don't have a, a lift after a Sunday game. Um, it's usually a getaway day. We're traveling. And Mondays, that's a great test day because now we have the overnight um, we don't have an upper body lift before. That's important for our fresh test. We don't want to have an upper body lift within 24 hours of the test because that's going to alter the absolute strength production by the shoulder. So Mondays are great to get your position players. You get enough dynamometers. You don't need a, a heck of a lot, um, but you can get them done in 35 minutes. You should be able to get your whole roster of position players. You got more dynamometers. If you had one for each player, you know, that would take minimal time, especially at the pro level, because the guys would be doing it on their own. They come in whenever they come in before their lift, they go and they, they test. Um, but you want to get that stencil right there. And you're going to also get your starter. Um, you're going to also, you know, get, you know, uh, potentially your relievers. If it's within 48, 72 hours, you get them. And uh, it's, it's good to have more frequent tests. And we have some minor league players that actually do a quick exam. So not just the arm primer, which is that before test uh, evaluation, before throwing evaluation, but they do a quick exam, which is a thorough exam, our fresh test on one arm. A lot of them want to do that daily. And, you know, for my, for an amateur player, that might be, you know, a lot more than what's needed. Um, but for the pro, you know, these guys have heavy amounts of throwing volumes. They're throwing every single day, you know, they're games almost every day. So a lot of those guys even go out to their normal throwing program. They want to know where they're at on that day for those particular muscle groups. So there's a lot of uh, opportunity to choose your observation window. And when I mean an observation window, it's essentially, when are you going to test? And we have three and we've talked about it. We want a pre-throwing test. We want to, um, that's before doing any of the throwing program. It also preps you. That's a primer for your fresh test. Then you do your fresh test, which is before your high intensity throwing, you know, bullpen day, uh, game day, velocity enhancement day. And then we got to get that post-test. That's an important observation window because as a coach, you know, what do they look like before the day? What particular muscle groups are not functioning well? And afterwards, how fatigable are they? You know, coaches need this testing information to determine how to create individualized pitch counts, individualized throwing programs. That's an essential part too, that people might not realize, hey, if I have that fatigue test, that post-throwing exam, I now know what the athlete experienced for a given range for their pitch counts. And sometimes pro teams, they'll do uh, an inning in a, in a pitch count. It might be like five and 75, six and 90 pitches, those kinds of things. But you're going to be able to identify, you know, how did they respond to that? And this particular athlete might not be responding very well. And you need to make an adjustment with that particular program for the next time you want to lower it and see, you know, does the strength come back and how does that week work? So with these collectively, you're going to manage any, any lost data. I mean, Jordan can attest, we were only doing fresh exams in pro ball. We were only doing fresh exams. And uh, we missed a lot of uh, important in insights, especially when the athletes went on the road. You know, that was, those were observation windows, pre-throwing, pre-high intensity throwing, after throwing information that we didn't get. So, you know, collectively with this portable solution, there really should be no um, athlete that slips through the cracks. 
Well, I think, you know, one big thing to point out is we're looking at this through the lens of a team, but also people need to realize that this is something that's made to empower the individual to have that control over their own programming. Because, you know, when you start monitoring a lot of players, it doesn't matter. Something's going to fall through the cracks, which is why I like to have the players get on their phones, get on their iPads, whatever it is they have and understand their data. Because now they can go in there into the key metrics. They look into it. We don't have the key metrics in a previous uh, talk, obviously. But they just go in there. I tell them the two things you need to know. Number one, your arm readiness. How recovered are you? If you're seeing a negative number, let's do a little less than what the team throwing program is. If you're at neutral, you can choose to do less or you can choose to do the team program. If you're at a positive, you can choose to do the team program or you can choose to do more. And right now with a lot of the younger guys that I'm, that I'm getting back into working with, I think if I give them those three kind of options to kind of have those pivot points. So instead of going, Hey, here's some information, do whatever you want. I'm still going to guide them into making a good decision, but giving them multiple choices so they can start understanding. Here's how I use my data to make sure I'm prepared to come my start time or come my, you know, game 24 in a high school setting or game 58. If you're playing in colleges, it's not about, limiting workload it's about building up to where we are able to handle extreme amounts of throwing volume extreme amounts of training volume it's not about taking it away it's about making sure that yeah there might be a day or two that we lessen it but we had 40 that we were able to go above and beyond yeah so jordan i i mean i love the idea of let's empower the the players they take control of this they take ownership of this so with your your team, you're saying, "Hey, I want to get two fresh tests a week." We've got we've got a lot of other um, teams out there that maybe don't have as many dynamometers or things, and they're looking to get, you know, the the bare minimum is getting one good fresh test a week um, to really track and and make sure that things can optimize your training based on that. Ryan, you already said, "Hey, you don't want to be heavy lifting within 24 hours upper body before you do a fresh test." What are the other things that we're saying? Um, shouldn't happen within that 24 hours before you shouldn't have pitched. I mean, what, what are we, what are we saying? Yeah. About? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. We, we, we don't want them throwing ever before the test. Cause that, that really negates what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to get them really heavily evaluated before they're throwing, you know, and that's important is that throwing is where injuries happen. You know, people might look at these strength tests and think, Oh man, it's taxing, but the isometric tests, um, you know, people have been using these for years to prime the body for explosive movement, and there's no a real muscle damage that comes from them. Okay. Well, not only that, but people have been using isometric as a, as a rehab protocol as well, sure. because it builds for, strength and it's that safe. You can do it post-surgery. Right, <laughs> right. And the throwing, the throwing is where we see our injuries, man. Like people ask me, hey, what's the greatest like predictor of pitching injuries? And I always tell them pitching. You know, pitching, pitching is the injury predictor. It's, it, it's where these, uh, what's the greatest know, for, predictor of a car crash being in a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's pretty <laughs> obvious, but, um, you know, we need to, we need to evaluate that before throwing and, uh, it, for our fresh test, you know, obviously for our post throwing, uh, exam, we want to be able to look at what's, what's the effect of that. Um, so that's, let's jump, that's let's an jump. important feature. So the post post exam, so it's the yep. same it's the same test as the fresh, yep. but it's done after an outing or high intensity. Like, how are we deciding, Hey, this is the op, this is the right time for me to do a post test. Yeah. So, you know, every team's different. We've talked to college teams. We talked to pro teams and pro baseball. 
uh, a lot of pitchers can come out of the game, especially accompanied by a strength coach. I mean, when we were in pro ball, we trained our pitchers as soon as they came out of games. So they didn't really hang around. Saw maybe the end of the inning and then they went in and they got their work done um, so that they could start the recovery process and, and relax. And uh, so, you know, other other teams, college teams, they don't want their pitchers to leave. You know, they want to have their pitchers stay for the entire game. You know, it's a little bit of a different environment. And um, and that might be the same with amateur players. But whatever that particular standard is, we want to be routine with it. We want to be reliable with our own schedule, if we can. Ideally, within a half hour of, of pitching, you're going to see the acute, you know, the very short window effect of fatigue. You know, that's a really key time window if you can get an athlete to test in that period of time. Um, but if you can't just, just getting a standard approach, you know, this is what the team believes in, you know, these are the, the cultural aspects of the team that they don't, you know, whatever they want their pitchers to do when they come out of the game um, you have to follow that. And that will give us some re reliable data. And like what you said, we're looking at whatever we're doing in the fresh exam, we're doing the exact same in the post exam. So we can make that apples to apples comparison with the only thing that changes is the fatigue level from throwing. So that's yeah, for just to touch on that real quick, Ryan, uh, I know some of the groups in the amateur side, they have the ability to test pregame, but then post-game, just because some of the way the fields are set up, not, not everyone has those tunnels and those things like that to where they can do a post-exam directly after coming out. So for instance, you know, the high school I'm at, we can do a post-exam right after the guy's done pitching, even if we're playing a game. But I know if we go to play, you know, high school, whatever it is, they're not going to have those abilities because anywhere we can test is going to be in fair territory. Therefore, we can't do it just based on some of those things. So if that's the case, how do you say what, what's some good starting points to get those post exams on the road? You know, I have my solutions for it, uh, but just in case someone doesn't necessarily you know, have a box or a bench or something they can travel with what would you recommend for them to do in those fields on the road where they may not have a tunnel, they may not have a clubhouse or they may not have those, a wall to push on because they just have a chain link fence, like your backfield 17 at the Rockies complex. Yeah. For me, like if you're really stuck and, you know, we, we want our tests, we want to have the body, you know, secured by the fixed surface. So for instance, when you're doing a test for internal rotation strength, we want to have the wall, the corner of the wall or the corner of the box in on the armpit, you know, and that's really, that's going to reduce your, your ability to uh, horizontally adduct the arm or like drive the elbow towards the midline of your body to do the test. Cause now you're getting the pec involved. It's not really rotation. So um, the athlete has to be real diligent. They could use a post, you know, they have to use, they could use a post. Uh, obviously we want to bank the elbow up. So it's more in line with the shoulder. We don't want to have the shoulder pushing upward. We call that, you know, superior angulation in the shoulder. We don't want that. And we want them to rotate, you know, it's a rotational test. Now, when it comes with the external rotation with the fixed surface, the box or um, with a wall, we want the acromion. There's this like flat part of a, a bone on top of your shoulder. You'll see the bump where the clavicle attaches to the acromion. And then right beside it, there'll be this little flat part of the bone. We want that at least resting into the fixed surface. Now, if you don't have that, you know, you do the best you can with a post. You know, you should be able to find a post somewhere to do this particular test uh, at a ballpark. Um, much, yeah, much easier, 
I think in, in you know the the collegiate setting, you know the the pro setting. Um, but yeah, you might be on those backfields, and you gotta you know you gotta adjust. You know you might have to do it outside of the dugout. You might have to go to the building that's in the middle. Um, you just want to find a structure to be able to test it. It's important. You know who cares what you look like doing this test. It's actually, you know, you're taking responsibility, right? You know, our, we, we're looking after multi-million dollar arms and it doesn't matter if you're, you know, eight years old, you know, or you're, you know, Joe Bimel coming back to the big one, league. One big thing to point out too, is even or, if you're not on a pro contract, surgeries can add up being six figures. So even if you're a 15 year old, it's still roughly a quarter million dollar arm. Even if you're throwing 48 miles an hour, it's a quarter million dollar arm when you add in surgery costs. Yeah, we want to we want to negate that. So, you know, you can you can be creative. You just need a fixed surface, you know, to and, and you have to adjust. I mean, best case scenario, you want to have a box well, if it's on the field or, or a wall, you know, but if you have to use a post or um, a squat rack because there's no real openings in the gym. I mean, that's that's possible that you may have to do those things, um, but you got to test. You got to make every effort that you're going to apply maximum force. You just got to be diligent that it's rotational forward, rotational back, scaption, pressing upward. Um, and, you know, our grip is very, you can do your, the grip test, three finger grip test where we're in a half kneeling position, 90, 90 position, elbow flexed, you know, arm raised to shoulder level. You can do that anywhere, mm -hmm. you know, um, if you're real stuck post game, you know, and you, you might have to do it at a hotel, just, just get something to know, you know, how fatigued are you? Um, you got to get that information because that's going to set up what you do the next day and the day after that and getting yourself ready for your next fresh exam um, when you're recovered. So, you know, we want to get that information to coaches, you know, coaches need it. They need to be able to individualize for you guys. You know, if your athletes listening or your coaches listening to talk to your athlete, tell them, Hey, I could be a better coach for you. I can give you much more detailed, customized, individualized programming. If you get, you know, these tests done, you know, they got to be diligent. So uh, collectively, man, we're going to make baseball a better place when we're doing these evaluations. Yeah. Just, just on that real quick, just it, it popped into my head doing the post post game testing is it, it's really important, especially at the high school level. Uh, it's not as big of a deal at the, at the collegiate level, just because you're, when you're playing a series in college, it's usually a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or a doubleheader Friday, doubleheader Saturday, and you're getting Sundays off. Um, but a lot of times what's going on in high school is you will play series, but it will be like Monday, Thursday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, however they structure out those games. And a lot of times if someone comes in there and you guys get absolutely pummeled on a Tuesday, the coach goes, well, it's because you're not working hard enough. Hmm. So he pushes that whole group to a new level. And then they go in on Wednesday or a Thursday now to play the next game and they're fatigued. But if he would have just tested his players out and understand these guys might be struggling, not because they're, not working hard enough, maybe they are fatigued. High chance they are fatigued. So then you don't actually need to throttle back on Wednesday. So we're fresh for Thursday and Friday, and we're able to actually compete to the level we're supposed to. Because too often we think that people are just being lazy, when a lot of times it's like maybe they're just un un under-trained and they're not ready to handle the amount of stress we're putting on that body. So mm -hmm. we're doing them more harm by going, hey, we just threw 20 pitches. Why are you so tired? You just had seven days off doesn't mean the players recovered doesn't mean they're not stressed out doesn't mean they're sleeping well you know maybe mom or dad just lost a job and that's stressing them out as well 
we don't know everything that's going on with that because they're not always going to be transparent, but being able to test gives us a look inside that window might still be a little bit hazy, but at least we're getting a look inside the window to know maybe we got to lessen up on practice. Maybe we just do a BP day. Maybe we have a whole team, no throw. We don't even make it optional. And we just do a good, you know, get the blood pump and warm up a little bit of sprint work. We do BP. We're out of there in an hour. Because understanding fatigue lets you know when you do a BP day, when you do a heavy defense day. And another thing to remember is at that age, when kids are struggling, it usually is central nervous system fatigue. Because you're going to have Monday where these guys look like, you know, double A all-stars. And then Tuesday they come in, they look like they've never thrown a baseball before. They're new every day when they wake up. They're just a brand new ball of cells looking for information. And the better we can manage that recovery of the central nervous system, the better those cells are going to receive information. Yep. I definitely think the the post exam is definitely one of the secret sauces to arm care that really is, is key to generating results throughout the entire season. So let's, we talk about obviously doing these, doing the test after a post test after a game outing, let's talk about during preseason. How are you deciding, Hey, I threw hard enough to where I need to do a post post exam. What, what are you telling your, your kids? So you want, can I jump on that first, Ryan? Sure, buddy. Preseason, whether they're a minor leaguer, whether they're a high school kid, a eight-year big league vet, when we're starting out, obviously you can get into our arm care pitch strong guidelines. We like a 16-week buildup. Um, weeks one, two, three, and four, for me, the most crucial weeks in setting that foundation. I test Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I try to take weekends off. I do a fresh exam Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because it is too important in those early stages to make sure we're not underthrowing the arm or overthrowing the arm. That's how I like to do it. And then even on Tuesdays and Thursdays, if they're not throwing in those initial phases, I'm doing arm primers. So I at least have a baseline of what those arm primers are going to look like after their, you know, two to four weeks of no throw in the off season. So early in the year, in the preseason, you almost can't test too much. It's like, if, even if they want to do a fresh exam five days a week to just overdo those data collection points, go for it. It's not going to hurt you. And then from that point, if I have 10 minor leaguers or 10 high school kids or whatever, 10, you know, Babe Ruth league players that I'm working with, and it turns out that five of them are fatigued, five of them are gaining strength. Five of those guys need to throw a little bit longer. If they were scheduled for 60 to 90 feet for eight minutes, maybe we bump them to 10 or 12. If the other ones are fatigued, maybe we bump them down to four minutes. So now we're making sure we're keeping them in the pocket. I've said that before. I like to try to keep my guys as close to being in the pocket as we can. And then if there's a day that we're going to bump that time up, then I do a post exam. Any day for me in the, in the off season, you want to do a post exam, even if it's a lift day and you want to know how your lift really impacted those muscles and say you have your upper body lift on Monday and you're scheduled to throw out to 150 on Tuesday some guys do that. I just given a random example, do your, do your pre-test, do your lift, do your post exam. If it was too taxing, maybe don't throw to 150 the next day. Maybe you need to lessen that volume up, but you, the off season, it's, it's almost more important than in the in season because you're setting the foundation so you can last throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, Jordan, you hit on some things I think we should talk about because um, it comes up in conversation. We talk to teams uh, especially ones that aren't sure, should we go all in on this? The off season is such an advantage for coaches to be able to monitor their athletes. 
people don't realize this is that more throwing arm injuries occur in practice than games. And I can, if anybody's interested and you want the paper to show that at least in the pro athletes, um, I can send that to you, but in, in In, non-game environments, I've seen in five, six years coaching with the angels, along with prior to that seven years consulting with other pro organizations, being at a game, watching the line scores, I can count on one hand the times I've seen someone throw a pitch mid-game and have to come out. But I cannot even tell you how many times I've seen someone throwing a bullpen, throwing a long toss session, whatever it is, in a practice before a game in a pro setting where they've said, I got to get looked at. Three days yep. later, there's an MRI and they're getting surgery. So I, I, I can attest to that as well. Yeah. I mean, the big thing, here's the big thing is that the injuries that happen in pro baseball. And I know, you know, it's probably similar in, in all levels. I've seen it also in high school studies. Um, there's not a ton on youth, but at the beginning of the season, preseason is where we have the most injuries in baseball. In pro baseball, there's another spike in July. And that happens after they sign, um, you know, the kids from the amateur draft. And the biggest issue is that the kids aren't prepared you know, for what's going to come up in, in pro ball and um, the off season, off season errors and throwing that takes you into preseason. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know, there are injuries happening where you didn't know, Hey, I'm walking in to this team with an imbalance, you know, and some of these, some of these teams are doing a spring training evaluation, but that's too late. In my opinion, that's too late because now you're trying to fix a guy while they're throwing bullpens every other day, they got re- got to get ready for a season. You know, um, most missing organizations are having to stand in the outfield, shag BP for you, an hour. You just you know, you, you just don't have the time or the manpower to properly evaluate athletes on a regular basis once they get on site. So for me, the best thing you could do, I know, if I was still in professional baseball, especially at the price point and the easiness of using our product, I would want to ensure that at least at least my top level pitching prospects have one of these that they go home with this in the off season. I'm just looking at the data and I'm just talking to them about how we need to adjust their throwing programs, um, where their strength imbalances are. And we got to remember too. I mean, this is the same as amateur baseball kids nowadays that pitch at least even position players, you got multiple coaches, you have your team coaches, you have your private instructors. It's not, it's the same at pro ball. You know, these guys, they, they trust, the people that they've grown up with and work with, and they're getting information. They're getting a throwing program from their team. And then they're getting a whole throwing program and a whole biomechanical breakdown and a new arm care programming uh, uh, structure. Hey, real from quick on that, Ryan, you mm-hmm. mentioned the top prospects should all have their, their arm care system sent home with them, right? Again, we're looking at that through the lens of a team. Mm-hmm. If you're in Pro Bowl, you know if you're a prospect or not. It's not hidden from the players. If you're not a top prospect, you better be more diligent than the prospects coming into spring training. Because again, I've sat in those rooms. I've been involved in these discussions where if a non-prospect comes in and they're not able to handle the workload, they're the first ones out the door. Mm -hmm. So you being able to manage your stuff, take advantage of it for yourself can make you a non-prospect. And there's, you know, awesome guys names. uh, Well, I won't use his name, but he's, he's a pro scout with, uh, with the Rays right now. And he obviously is, you know, Awesome guy, played at Vanguard University, got to the big leagues with the Angels. So he's uh, just way better than those Buffalo, New York guys coming out of those hmm. universities over there. But um, but long story short, you know, he told me you can be a suspect 
and you can quickly become a prospect and a prospect can quickly become a suspect. And that's how you do it is it's what you do in the off season. Cause here's the sad reality of it is when you show up and there's, you know, the double a coach, the, you know, the high a coach, the low a coach, all these guys are watching your bullpen. You have the farm director who is sitting behind the screen and you throw your first bullpen. They've made their decision. Yeah. You need to yep. come in ready to go. You don't have six months to show you belong. Yeah. You have about six pitches when it comes down yeah. to it. You hit it on the head, man, too. I mean, I, I said top prospects. This is my – And this, this is my, my last rant. I'm sorry. I got to get this out. It's like I get so many phone calls from people going, this is too expensive. It's a lot cheaper than sitting at home watching baseball after you've been released and don't have anywhere to play. It's like it's like two hundred and six ninety five dollars for the testing kit, something like 200, yeah. 305 but it's less than three hundred bucks. It's somewhere in that range. Three hundred dollars to invest in your future to make sure that you're doing everything you can to not get sent home. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Yep. They're still not paying minor leaguers. They're going through the CBA right now. They're still not paying minor leaguers in spring training. So you better yep. be ready to prove you, prove you deserve a paycheck. Even yeah. if it is only 1200, 1400, 700 bucks a month, you better come in showing you deserve that. And if you're an indie ball player, good grief. No one's there to take care of you. You better know how to take care of yourself. And this, again, I, I'm good for one rant every single time, but I, I'm sick and tired of people saying this is too expensive when it's like, well, what is your Copenhagen fund? How much are you spending on Copenhagen every year? Chipotle. Yeah, yeah it's, a, like, it's another thing. Let's get down to the actual reality of this. Like, is it really that expensive? Because if you put aside $30 a month, you have it and it, it's paid for in less than a year, 30 bucks yep. a month. You go to, you go to Starbucks. That's a waste of money. You know, stop drinking Starbucks unless they want to sponsor us and we'll push Starbucks all day. But at the end of the day, like there, there's ways to get this stuff in your system and it's too important to not have it when it comes down to it. Yeah. And soapbox. I- yeah, it's, it's, it's the pain of investment versus the pain of disappointment. You know, that, that's, that's the balance. It's, I got to invest time. I got to invest money. I got to invest effort. That's what you need to do at any level of baseball. If you want to be good, you, you have to do that. And the if you want to be is, good, that's the minimum. Yeah. If you want to be yeah. great, now you better learn how to use that stuff. To yeah. yeah. And, and you, you know, on the other side, you know, we get this pain of disappointment, injuries, getting released. I mean, these are real things. And, uh, you know, it's not unheard of. You know, guys get hurt in pro ball, you know, their prospect status isn't super high. And it just kind of allows people, you know, your peers on the team to take your position, showcase themselves. And unfortunately, you start to become forgotten. It's very hard. I've worked with a lot of injured athletes and it's difficult. It's, it's taxing on me as their strength coach when I did that, because there's those, all those questions. Am I going to be good enough? Am I, when I come back, are they going to put me in the starting rotation? Am I going to be a reliever? And I mean, it just, it changes all these things that you just don't want to give any opportunity and not get your opportunity. I know. I know I said I was good for just the one rant today, but even if you're in the top 30 with an organization, there's not 30 pitchers getting to the big leagues. That's just the reality of it. If you're number, if you're number 16 through 30 and you're in that top 30, the pitching things, you may never pitch past double a when it comes down to it. And I've seen a lot of those guys get hurt with numerous orgs and then they're released before they even play another game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's not a lot of orgs that just have 15 guys that you can say that guy's going to be anywhere in our starting rotation, in the big leagues. 
There's yeah. not a lot of orgs that have 15 pitchers that they can go, that guy can pitch the eighth inning for us. And that's the cruel reality of it is it's very hard to be a big leaguer. And when you look at what the, they do, it's like superhuman when it comes down to it. So the more you can prepare yourself to keep getting eyes put on you, whether it's by, if you're with the Yankees, you're playing for all 30 orgs. If you're with the Orioles, you're not just playing for the Orioles, you're playing for everybody. And the only way you get seen is by being on the field. Mm-hmm. Some scouts show up, they watch BP, they do all those things, but they don't watch the pitchers. They're watching the hitters do stuff. They're watching their early work with how a guy ranges in BP and how he does these. No one's paying attention to what the pitchers are doing in early work. That's, that's pretty much the truth. Maybe like five guys, but you need to be coming into spring training ready to prove that you deserve a shot to go be seen by the other 29 orgs that you're playing for. Yep. I just, the thing I, I know, you know, we've given a lot of negative feedback, you know, if you don't do this, this is what happens. But you know, the reality is if you're, if you're signed by a pro team, you got a chance. I mean, you, you have a chance. Some have a lot greater chance. Some have a smaller chance. Nobody's you, got 0%. Though. You, yeah. You, nobody nobody's has got 0%, 0% chance. You, you, you're wearing a major league uniform at some level. Somebody is interested in you. You got a chance. And, uh, you, you know, you got to hold on to that chance. You know, that's, yeah, I, I think about, I, I read some, you know, a lot of health blogs and, you know, other things. I'm very much into food and the, the selection that I have. I mean, you got to be competitive in everything, but, you know, the, it, it's easier to stay well than to get well, you know? So for me, it's like, I'm not going to wait till I'm sick before I have this X, Y, and Z vitamin regimen. You know, it's the same thing that we need to think as athletes and coaches. It's like, hey, you know, do you want to have the snivels, you know, that could turn into pneumonia or do you want to just not have the snivels? You know, you need to do this kind of thing for your injuries. Do you want to have, you know, a little micro damage that gives you some soreness the odd time that can turn into a rupture if if strength isn't maintained and the program is not right? Or do you want to make sure that your arm feels good all the time? Well, I've I've used this analogy before is it's like brushing your teeth. You know, everyone's like, Oh, well, I do a little bit of arm care here and there. Sometimes I skip it. I skip it every once in a while. It's like, well, if you don't brush your teeth, if you only brush your teeth three times a week, you're not going to get a cavity two weeks from that day. But if that's a consistent thing you're doing, you're going to get a cavity. There's, mm-hmm. that's not a, there's a reason why the dentist recommend or the ADA, whatever it is twice a day for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Cause in general, that's going to help you not get cavities. But if you're like, oh, I'm only going to brush my teeth on Wednesdays. Yeah, you're going to get away without having cavities for maybe a year, two years, three years, but you're going to get a cavity. And then you're going to have to go get a dentist to pull that tooth out. And it's the same thing. Like if your teeth are already good, keep keep them good. It's no different than with your arm. If your arm's healthy and you don't have any pain, don't wait till you have pain to start training it appropriately. Mm-hmm. Just because your car's running well doesn't mean you don't you skip your routine maintenance. You know, y'all, I says every 5,000 miles, I'm going to do every 15 because my car hasn't had an issue yet. Well, it's going to have a bigger problem unless you get it taken care of. You're only allowed one analogy per my bad. point I, you're making. Um, I'm rolling by the, with by the way, I'm going to find you a better dentist if every time you get a cavity, <laughs> they're pulling your teeth. Um, I've Hey, this is one thing that makes people mad. I've never had a cavity. I've never had a tooth pulled. So I don't understand even the analogy I'm using because right. my teeth are just that fantastic. Bar. Get rid of your dental care. I, it's a waste of money. I get it. I mean, we, I, I don't have it. I don't get dental insurance. <laughs> I just wanted to chime here and say, you know, I mean, we, we say strength matters most because our arm care is about building strength where you need it. It's not about just getting loose and, and 
checking a box. And, and so that's why, that's why our fresh and post exams are primarily measuring strength. I mean, they do look at range of motion, but they measure strength so we can figure out how to target where we need to target. So we've, we've really dived into to the fresh and the post. We started talking about the primer, but let's quickly just kind of say why we do it. What's the point of this primer? I mean, it's such a quick exam. Why does it look different? Why is it so fast? What, how do I get the most out of actually spending those few minutes doing it? Yeah, I, I guess I'll start, you know, the primer is our quick test. It's, it's, it's got two purposes. One, it's in part of the warm-up to get the, the musculature activated. So once you get those muscles, the nervous system, you know, your fight or flight response increases, um, you're getting, you know, blood flow, you're getting a lot of different good things that help you become more explosive when you're throwing, we're getting that out of the way, getting that it's like hitting the car battery and just pumping it up. And then, um, you know, it also gets you prepared for your exam on the days that we have exams. You don't want to spend a lot of time getting ready to give a max effort. So if you can do this as part of your warm up, by the time you do your test, it makes the testing go faster. Gives the athlete, a, you know, a little bit more uh, relaxation going into it. And say, I don't know if I'm really warm. You know, we get that get that as part of the warm up. Um, but the functional standpoint, like the coaches need this kind of information on the days that we don't do a quick exam where we're going through every muscle group, um, because we're looking with the primer. Uh, strength in an outstretched arm. We're pushing forward, we're pushing back, and the shoulder is most vulnerable here. We had to decide, like, what is the best test that we can do in under a minute on the day? And, you know, your, your strength, it's much more difficult to achieve strength when your, you know, your, your motion is further away from your shoulder joint. So you you're know, in that, a position that most looks like throwing for the exactly. Joint. Okay. exactly. And to be clear, Ryan, they, I want to make sure they know it's not just like, Hey, go sidearm. You're getting as close to your arm slot as you can. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. What, whatever is natural for you. That's the other thing too, is like, this is a great biomechanics test. A lot of these tests, you know, they're not really in the throwing position. We're trying to isolate it as much as possible and be as specific as we can in the test to get standardized data. But here is where we get a lot more of the individuality. Hey, I'm, I, this is where I throw from. This is where I need to apply force. doesn't make sense to do it up here you know, um, or from sidearm, I need to apply force this way. You know, there's maybe a lot more pec transfer. I got a lot more pec involvement in the, the uh, strength that's transferred. And we're looking at how the trunk is transferring strength as well. What's the strength generated by the shoulder, but our, our core has to be turned on. We're in a half kneeling position. You know, we have to see what, what is happening through the upper body. 80% of our velocity comes from our pelvis and our trunk. So we need to, we're isolating, you know, how to keep that, uh, that transfer. So we're getting so many good things out of this test in a, in a quick, uh, in a quick exam. And the other thing biomechanically is that our forces, when we're at our release point, like within two or three fr frames after the ball's released, our forces are greater than body weight. So imagine you put your own body at your fingertips, you know, that's what your shoulder is being able to handle at that particular point in the delivery. So we need to understand where is that strength is I'm a coach. I got to, you know, I might be using uh, the pulse sleeve. I might be using any, you know, some form of external load, but I got to know, okay, this is what the program saying today. It's a, it's a hard day. We've had a couple of light days, but man, 
you know, this, this kid's got like 12 pounds of strength loss for his total arm. Like this is, he's weak today. You know, I have to be able to be a great coach and I have to pivot, you know, at times, you know, and consequently he comes in and, you know, this guy's 10 pounds stronger than he's, than his seven day average. And I got a really light day and I've been doing a couple of these, like I need to increase the intensity here. We got to build the chronic capacity. We need to, we need to make this athlete's arm stronger. We need to give him more of a demand or her more of a demand. So we need to ensure that we're using this in a lot of different ways. There's a functional purpose and there's a, a, you know, there's, there's so much of a biomechanical purpose and, you know, a coaching purpose involved in this particular uh, exam, you know, in our preparation. So it's fair to say that this quick exam, this primer is the results are telling you what your capacity is for that day. And you're yeah, but- used to, to use it based on what you've got planned for the day. You look at, hey, I, I came in, I'm, I'm strong today, I'm weak today. I'm going to tweak what I have planned for the day based on the results of my primer. Yeah. And if I, if it's on a day, that's a fresh exam, we're definitely going to do a, de- a deeper dive. You know, we're looking at internal, external rotation, strength, scaption, and grip. It's going to be a much deeper dive, but the days between that primer gives us some protection that we can say, Hey, is, is the arm weak or strong today in a, in a quick sense and allows a coach to get through a lot of athletes in a day um, outside of the focus on the guy's got a bullpen day or a velocity day or potentially a game day to do a full, fresh, uh, uh, quick or, or full exam. And so in your experience, and maybe even in your research, how I feel coming in is not necessarily a good indicator of how, what my strength is coming into a day. Yeah. Right. Like, so that's, that's kind of, that's the world that's very difficult is that we can sense different levels of fatigue. There's cognitive fatigue where, you know, guys are anxious and stressed. That's one thing. There's metabolic fatigue where the arm feels, you know, it's, it's, it's got the burning sensation when I'm doing activities. Like there's a, there's a lot of lactic acid buildup potentially in the arm. Um, and there's also, you know, this nervous system fatigue that we can't sense that much. You know, if you're a strength coach, you can see it in the weight room, especially if you're doing velocity-based training and you can see, okay, this guy normally does like 135 on a front squat on the bar. It's like 1.1 meters per second. Why is it so slow today? And the athlete feels great, you know, and it's the same kind of concept with uh, our strength testing is that the athlete might feel really good, um, but the nervous system neurologically, hey, he's not activating as well. You know, and, and we need to, we need to take this subjective and the objective approach to make a good decision. Hey, he feels good. Strength isn't where it should be. Let's go with a moderate program today. You know, now you get a day where the athlete feels really good. Hey, I feel great. Strength is really good. It's like, you know, you got to pull back the, you gotta, you gotta let him go. You gotta let him um, perform and, or her perform. And it's the same thing. Like we have pitch counts. And, and, you know, there's ours is the pitch strong, but the, you know, pitch smart models are being used all over the place, but we don't know the strength on those days. So some days when we give them a, a max number, should we really have the athlete throw to that capacity if they're weak? That's potentially why the pitch counts aren't really working as well because they don't have this other side of evaluating strength. So we need to have all that. 
Yeah. And I mean, if you're a high school kid who does not have a strength trainer, who's looking at you and saying, Oh, you're moving slow today and, and measuring the, the speed of, uh, you know, of what you're doing. Uh, this is like the next best thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you're in college, a lot of colleges don't have on-site strength coaches. They have one guy who oversees eight, nine mm-hmm. sports. So it's even more important, the higher levels you're getting to be more dialed into your data. And at the lower levels, it's important to just begin to understand it. Fantastic. So just to wrap up, like I said, arm care has got three exams, the fresh test, the post test, and the arm primer, uh, you know, do a variety of different things. I hope we touched on those. I hope I give you some insights on how to use them if you're a coach or more importantly, if you're a player looking to, you know, push yourself to the next level. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up? Uh, also brush your teeth. That's right. Brush <laughs> you know, for, for me, I think it's important for people who are listening to this podcast, please contact us. You know, we want to give you a demonstration. We've given you a great overview why it's important. We've talked about the tests in specifics, but you know, just you know, come contact us, Ryan at armcare.com, Jordan at armcare.com. Um, Even you know, if you just want to talk actual pitch buildups, things like that, like shoot us an email. We'll get back to you when we can, you know, we obviously get busy, but we, so far we're at hundred percent response rate. So we'll see if we yep. can keep it up. Yep. Shoot us more emails, see if we can lower it, but. Yep. We want to educate. And um, you know, the thing is, is you know, the coaches that are listening, they're the drivers of this really, you know, we want the players to be player led, but you know, you can influence your players in such a positive way by, you know, letting them know, you know, we're going to, we got a tool now that the coach can individualize. You're going to be able to give specific programming to your guys. And that's, what's going to be a separator. I think, especially in the private sector, when I am competing against another guy and uh, athlete goes to my competitor and they say, okay, what's your arm care program? He's like, well, everybody does this. If you're hearing that scram, don't do that. He's like, okay, well, it depends. The guy says, well, it depends. Or, or, you know, a female says, it depends. We need to, we need to focus on the objective data, get, get it individualized. You're going to have greater performance benefits and health for sure. Couldn't have said it better. Definitely very informative podcast. Uh, you know, look for uh, more to come. We try to get these out every week. Uh, and until next time, take care.